0: a series from Isaiah, from chapter 50, verse 4, and to 51, verse 8. We're in the, the, pa- the pas- parts of Isaiah where they're often described as the servant songs. Uh, the songs are the, the Isaiah, the prophet voices, but uh, speak of of the Messiah. So the Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He awakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting, because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Who will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. But now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go Walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth when I called him He was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people, hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me, my justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever and my righteousness will. Will never fail. Hear me, you who know what is right, you people who have taken my instruction to heart. Do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults, for the moth will eat them up like a garment, the worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever, my salvation through all generations. Lord, I pray from these words that speak comfort, but also speak challenge, whatever is apt and applicable, whatever is helpful, let what I speak find a home and a response in Jesus' name, amen. Servant songs, and we shall come to the fourth soon, are uttered and brought by Isaiah. But they speak and find resonance for the meaning of the, of the people there. But we're a little bit perplexing because, as I was saying the other week, how does this fit with the view of a Messiah? The, the Old Testament, uh, the people of God had what we, we call the messianic hope that uh, was formed and founded in many ways. The Messianic hope uh, has elements uh, and facets that are drawn from all parts of, of the Bible, from the Old Testament, founded very much in Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, the beginnings uh, in, in creation and the fall of the hope. And uh, through the course, you sometimes people s- describe it as the scarlet thread, uh, the The kind of the expression or, or the glimpses or the, of of, the, um, of what God is promising to do, so Noah and the ark uh, of that rescue from judgment from the flood of of Abraham of Joseph being raised up for for uh, the rescue of god 's people of the promise to Abraham to Isaac and Jacob. Of uh, the story and the cycles of the judges that, that someone we raised up to bring deliverance. But we see in the judges that the judge kind of was there for a time and the people's heart wasn't changed. They continued to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. There's something wrong with the human condition. themes of worship the themes of sacrifice the the day of atonement and so on and so on the giving of the law of Moses the formation of God's people the promise of the presence of God but particularly in uh, in 2 Samuel in in chapter 7 the messianic hope that was given to David today you'll be my son I will be your father your descendant, you will always have a descendant reigning on the throne that sets the, the theme and the presence of the king. The office of the king, the one who would lead God's people with righteousness. And so for for the hearers of Isaiah, there's a, there's a quandary because the king is no more. Exile has happened. That The king's... Have been killed, that the throne is empty, Jerusalem has been smited, struck, the temple is destroyed. And into that void, into that uncertainty, into that questioning where is God? Where is the promise? Where are the covenant fulfillment? The prophet speaks and declares these servant songs and speaks. With another tone, with another melody that doesn't quite sit with much of what they have hoped for and recognized. The melody of the servant. That the Messiah, the one promised, the one heralded, the one looked for, not only will be from the stump of Jesse. Jesse being David's father. Another king will come. You read all that at Christmas. But here of the Messiah... The promised one, the anointed one, the righteous one. Who won't be the victor in ways that we perceive victory. But he will bring righteousness. He will vindicate. He will prove the righteousness of God. He will bring justification of uh, of being declared righteous through his actions. but in a very different way to the way the world perceives a victor. Through suffering. Chapter 53 isn't far away. Uh, I, I once went trekking uh, with um, uh, a young woman. Uh, I was a young man, uh, and there were others. It wasn't a romantic trek. Uh, it, was, it just happened to be she was there. Uh, sorry? when is a trek romantic for 12 days in the himalayas yeah it was hard work uh, but um she was uh, 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 from the jewish faith and uh, we were there were three christians and um, another guy who wasn't and she was from jewish faith and we were talking as we went about jesus as we were trekking along and we were she was saying oh no you know, you, you know you've mistaken so much and we said have you ever read isaiah 53 no uh, and we one of us had got a very small travel Bible because we didn't want, you know, it's not extra weight, but, you know, it, Bibles sometimes are quite heavy. And we read Isaiah 5, and she said, I've never, ever read that chapter. She said, who do you think it's talking about? And she, I could see, you know, she saw it as a trick question, not, or a trap question, maybe. And she really kind of said, I know what you're trying to get at. But she'd never heard. One of the things I love about these servant songs that help us in our corrective of, of our view of Jesus to hold the lion with the lamb. The victor and the conqueror and the triumphant Jesus with the lowly and the humble and the suffering. That it's not an either or, that it's that we find the full picture of Jesus when we hold all of these things together. And that's a challenge. It's a very great challenge. But oh, how encouraging. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. When Jesus was, uh, was teaching, so often the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the, the instructed and the knowledgeable and those ordinary those who loved God and knew about Him a bit would say, "Where do you get such authority? Where do you get such understanding? Where do you find such insight?" And that confounded, you know. So often, that they, they, they came to trip and trap Jesus. Do you remember? They kind of came with trip, trick questions of of those kind of like, uh, "Have you stopped beating your wife yet?" type questions. If you answer yes, you were, were, and if you answer no, you still are. It's one of those unwinnable questions. Should we pay taxes to Caesar? What should we do with the temple tax? All those kind of things. What about the resurrection, Jesus? And Jesus is so wise. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. I've been thinking a little bit about this recently, as I've been uh, reading from Genesis a little bit, of uh, I've posing myself the question of, of how wise do I think Jesus is? I mean, the theoretical answer and the answer, if anyone asked me, would be like, yeah, of course he's the wisest. Because you know, that's the expectation. And I do actually believe that. But I, I've been kind of really sitting with that, thinking, in my own life, in my own experience, in the very kind of real decisions that I, I make, I'm sure you make of where does the wisdom of jesus sit in 21st century life because he is the wise one not a wisdom for centuries ago but the wise one he is the lord of all generations i've been reminded as a as a you know big decisions and smaller decisions and, and and in that day-to-day kind of seeking the Lord, of, of asking for his wisdom in the reality of my day. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue that Jesus really is wise. You may not understand that I mean, we've, we've touched on things like Brexit and nationalism, and, uh, and uh, we're often faced with the really big questions of our day about sexuality, about... Transgenderism, about refugees, all of that. Have I come back to Jesus, the wise one? For that is who the Messiah is. But it's it's not just a smart word. I love this to know the word that sustains the weary. Listen to this, he awakens me. Think, Picture this of Jesus and his ministry. If you imagine that Isaiah is speaking about the Messiah to come, he wakens me, God wakens me, wakens Jesus, morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious, I have not turned away. What a, a wonderful picture of, of Jesus that day by day, As he wakes up, his ears and his eyes are attuned and open to the purposes of his Father. That sets the tone, that sets the direction, that sets the passage of his day, particularly a word that sustains the weary. culture is a little bit of a culture that kind of uh, consumes and spits out. I was talking to someone just this morning who was quite tearful on the door and and she said I I don't know where my faith has gone. I won't go into all the situations of her life but she said it's just I don't know what to do. Marriage is difficult. Relationship with kids is difficult. Even her own faith seems to have evaporated like the dew in the morning but I'm still here. She doesn't really understand why she's there. But I really had that sense as I was thinking about this passage, the Lord is for you, for the weary. For those who are desperate, those who are right at the cusp of thinking, what is it all about? For the weak and the heavy laden. Pray that we're not a church uh, and delighted that Renew 55 is happening and food bank and and all that. But but the the challenge for us, like the Messiah, day by day, to to have that obedient eye and ear, to ask for the heart and purposes of Jesus the Messiah, which was one of triumph and victory and kingdom advance, but always in drawing the weary and the weak. The father's whisper, the sovereign Lord. The contrast of Judah, of all the kings, of all those who should have known better. They were deaf to his commands, blind to what they should have seen. But the Messiah's eyes and ears open to walk in full obedience to God. such he becomes true Israel. And the song goes on, that obedience to God causes friction. Obedience to God never makes a person popular with sinners. Have you noticed? Josh, you might find yourself in Thailand following Jesus and not in the thick of a party. Because it's not popular. Someone's phrased it like this. Go across the grain of the universe and you get splinters. The Messiah was abused and maltreated. Here is the one. Here is the one, the wisdom embodied, incarnate. Here is the gracious one who is obedient in every way to the sovereign Lord, his father. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. Verse uh, six. But the consequence, I offered my back to those who beat me. My cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. He didn't shy away. He didn't hide his face from mocking and spitting. As Jesus was arrested and beaten and punished, as his body was crucified, as his life ebbed, and dripped away, he prayed for the Lord's strength to sustain him in obedience, even, even to the point of death. Pilate three times declared his innocence, this man has no crime. And yet the universe conspired against him. It's a tragic picture, the Messiah, the Savior, the Great One. And yet the confidence of the Anointed One, the Righteous One of God, the One of whom Isaiah sings in verse 8. He who vindicates me is near. Who will then bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. Trust of Jesus even to the point of death in his, his God, our God, the amazing Father of us all. And the challenge to, that, that is then emboldened and, and, uh, and reminds us, it's the sovereign Lord who helps me, who will, who will condemn me. I love this little picture. I have um, some friends uh, and they, they, they got those, um, what do you call it, the carpet moths. You know, I never come across them. What are they called um, woolly bears. I'd never, you know, when you, and my mum always had mothballs. I was like, what are these things for? And I remember being kind of young, and she got liners in her drawers. I just thought it was a mother thing of lavender, and it stank. And, I, and she put mothball things hanging in my wardrobe, and I just thought, as a young, you know, as a teenage boy, I was like, what is this about? She said, we don't want moths. I was like, but there's moths everywhere. She said, "Not these moths, they eat clothes. And I was like, no, she's making it up. (laughs) But I discovered these things. My friends got moths, these moths, and they came back from the holiday, and they'd eaten the carpet, and they'd eaten clothes. Like, holes everywhere. Sorry? Wisdom of a mother. Some of you, like, nodding that you've had this. I was like, these things exist. Men are going, I have no idea, but all you lady folk are knowing about these moths. But it's drawn on. It says, they will wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. And again, it comes up in verse 51 about, it's like an old sweater that gets eaten up. Those who trust in their own righteousness, those who trust in their own ways. Verse uh, chapter 51, uh, for the moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool. It's kind of insipid and unseen, but they're there. These little things will consume them because they are trusting in their own righteousness. Their vision, their gaze, their hope is in themselves. At the end of, uh, of chapter 50, he talks about, you know, he, Jesus is the light. The Messiah is the light. But you who light fires, provide yourselves with flaming torches. Go walk in the light of your fires or the torches you have set ablaze in your own wisdom, in your own understanding, in your own feeble efforts to be righteous. Why not live by the light of the world? Jesus himself takes that nomenclature, that title, in John 8. I am the light of the world. I think one of the things the take home lessons, that the servant song, the reminder of the Messiah and, and of our call, This evening, the wisdom of Jesus is something around 51 verses 1 to 3. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Living in the city with bricks isn't so clear. But living in the Cotswold with Cotswold stone you know the quarry from which you're hewn. There are tour guides that go down the high street and point out the stone and the foreign stone from other places. You go down the Cotswold Way or you travel around the Cotswolds. the color of the rock changes. We happen to live in the nice end. Go down to Bath, it's a little dirty gray, isn't it? Down that poor end of the Cotswold Way. (laughs) Not the lovely rosy kind of uh, warm stone. There's a, you know, you, you can tell, you know, the new bills qu- cut from the quarry just up the road. It's a gorgeous color. What am I trying to say? No, no matter where we are from, you can see where you are hewn by the tone and the shade. We sang it, we're children of God. Verse two, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. Azara is looking back and reminding that that faith is so important, that Jesus had that faith. He was the true fulfillment of all of the Old Testament, the covenants. But in that reminder to us as people of God, that actually faith faith in the one true God, our Father, is paramount by our faith we will be known faith pleases god as a people of god how faithful are we abraham was chosen not because he was righteous or good or perfect actually not but he chose to believe the lord and stepped out I heard someone phrase it like this, that so often we say, and our culture says, uh, seeing is believing. I won't believe it till I see it. But actually, the Christian response, the biblical response, says, believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing, but believing is seeing. Hebrews 11, of all those characters of faith talk about for the joy that that faith is is being confident of what is to come. Trusting in the word of God, the promises of God, to say that we will be vindicated even in the darkest hour. Because the Lord has said it. Believing is seeing. Not kind of um, fake belief or kind of vain hope or wishful thinking. But in the certainty that God has said it. Believing is seeing. Abraham believed and set out from his place with a promise, and it was credited to him as righteousness. He chose to believe the Lord. That faith that was worked out in obedience. Sometimes people say, you know, what's, uh, that faith, you know, what is faith? Uh, Sometimes I think of it as a cinnamon of obedience. Cinnamon meaning, you know, a, a word that would mean a similar thing, same thing. That we want to have long to have faith. The servant songs would say faith is expressed in obedience to what we know to be true. Believing is seeing. That the, the Messiah, it, it caused him to be arrested and betrayed and, and beaten horrifically. I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. I mean, you have to see through each and every horrific detail of that story. of the shame that Jesus did endure. But it wasn't the final end. The shame of being um, of, of wrongly accused and at the mob end of a crowd, of being uh, of shouted down, of, of having to be silent before your accusers of crimes you haven't committed, of, of being spoken against and vilified, of your friends turning against you, of disowning you, the shame of that, the shame of being stripped naked and displayed and paraded, wracked and tortured of of muscles spilling out the shame of dying outside jerusalem apparently god forsaken and cursed the shame of having beard pulled out and spit in face and mocked and ridiculed you say you're the king of kings of the son of god save yourself The sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I will not be put to shame. You see, in the little phraseology of believing is seeing, it puts ultimate hope and value in the word and the promise and the love of the Father that holds us even through the darkest and the most difficult and trying. Just on Friday, we were here and hearing of of Tina's story of enduring cancer for, for years. And yet for the hope that was set before her, I will not be put to shame. For Jesus, even the darkness that he entered in on our behalf, seeing because he believed that God will vindicate him. I love the fact that we worship this Lord who isn't unable to sympathize, who knows what it's like in every way and yet remain true. Not only do we worship him and adore him and thank the Father for him, but learn from him as he calls us to follow. I just want to close because it was kind of topical and timely. Um, We commemorated, and uh, in a slightly strange way, the example of St. Valentine's this week. Who got the most cards? St. Valentine was imprisoned and beheaded and buried on the 14th of February, 269 A.D. Why? Because he helped persecuted Christians. And because he married Christian couples. The horror of that. But it was countercultural. It was a statement into that culture of saying we will marry believers, not just marry it doesn't matter, that faith mattered. That whilst in prison, he prayed for his jailer's daughter. I mean, that's servant-hearted love, isn't it? You're, you're in jail, and the jailer who had real day-to-day power over whether you got food and water and whatever, he prayed for his jailer's daughter, and her blindness was healed. And on the day of his execution, he left her a note, signed, Your Valentine." a rather different understanding of a card and a narrative to our own self and other worshipping culture. I want to close with the, the words from 1 John. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not go know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The servant songs in this section of Isaiah, keep it real. Keep it personal. Keep in balance with the greatness and the glory and the wonder of Jesus the victor. With the very real and understandable Human, lamb, suffering servant. he draws near to us in our time of need, our very real present in every time of trouble and is our righteousness. Let's pray.